0: This is episode 575 of the AWS podcast, released on March 13th, 2023.
1: G'day. Simon here asking for a favor. We love to get your feedback, and we really want to find out how we can make the podcast even better for all of our regular listeners. So take a moment and fill out the very short survey from the link in the show notes. Really appreciate it. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. All right, this is the AWS podcast, and we've got a fantastic conversation here today with Shane, who is the CEO of Evervault. So Shane, tell people more. What is Evervault?
0: Thanks for having me, Julian. So Evervault is an encryption platform for developers. Uh, Basically, we're trying to make it really easy for anybody who's building software that collects sensitive data, whether that's credit card numbers or healthcare data or anything like that. Uh, We're making it really easy for developers building that software to collect sensitive data, always have it encrypted, but still do things with it Um, because fundamentally we think encryption is extremely important and every developer should be using it. It's just it's too difficult to implement. And even when it is implemented, it's almost always implemented incorrectly. So we're really trying to combat those two things.
1: 100%. I think everyone knows that encryption is important. and um, But why is it still difficult to be able to actually implement right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things that we've seen is that if you look at a field like AI, there's really, really fast feedback cycles between when an academic paper is published in academia and when that actually gets implemented by a company, whereas uh, with encryption, Um, You know, an academic paper could be published and it could be 20 or 30 years before it's actually used in production. So RSA, for example, uh, which is powering a lot of the internet's encryption today, was actually first released in 1978, which uh, is an extremely long feedback cycle. Um, but I think it's always been one of these things that's seen as kind of attacks. And you know, as a developer, when I was sort of building software a number of years ago, one of the things that was kind of magical was how easy it was using developer tools to do things like send a, an SMS message or charge a credit card or something. But to understand how encryption worked, you still had to read through academic papers, figure out how to implement it correctly. And the community just wasn't particularly welcoming. Um, but I think the reason for that is that. Uh, encryption is a very binary thing it's either implemented correctly or it's not implemented at all and you know bad encryption is basically no better than having no encryption um, so the two challenges really are uh, firstly just making it easy to implement encryption uh, but secondly making it easy to implement encryption that's secure by default and i think that's always been the thing that's you know, that the encryption community has struggled with and it's probably just because there hasn't been a company that's been focused entirely on this encryption's kind of been you know a secondary priority for Uh, companies that are building software that's collecting sensitive data, where, you know, they might put a small team of a couple of people on it, or they might hire a security engineer or something and just assume it's their job, but um, no one has actually put it front and center really. And there's been a few trends in recent years that have kind of caused that to change a little bit. If you look at things like Web3 or crypto or whatever, more and more people are thinking about it, especially now that money has come into the equation where, you know, uh, private keys with a crypto wallet are effectively the same as money. And that hasn't been the case so far. And it's kind of been, it's always been on the fringes of academia. Because honestly, it's just not cool and in fairness to companies that are building things that require encryption, there isn't really a reason to be excited about it because it's pretty boring. You know, you take a piece of data, you encrypt it and then you end up with garbled data and all you can really do is reverse it, but uh, nobody is really focused on kind of creating a magical experience around both implementing and using encryption. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's always just been lacking this magic that we think is actually pretty easy to, or maybe not easy, but definitely possible to create.
1: Well, you said it, encryption is not cool, not me. So of course, that makes me really interested in understanding, like, why is it that you're so excited about encryption?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess going back to this point about building software, like most developers who are building anything that's in any way useful to people is probably collecting all sorts of sensitive data. But, you know, encryption is just, it slows you down building. You you, you never really want to kind of go out of your way to how you're building your software. You just want to build a new feature. You want to get it out the door. And personally, I've always just been kind of attracted to any kinds of software that are kind of just not seen as glamorous or, or cool because loads of people will focus on building the cool software that's easy to make with the, the latest libraries or, or latest tools. But all this sort of underlying infrastructure that should exist but doesn't exist just hasn't to date. And I think I've always just been more interested in you know, what the freeways and, and highways of the Internet look like than you know what the cars look like. So yeah, any anyway, I can spend my time and things like that has always just been very appealing to me.
1: It definitely makes you a unicorn. I feel like most startups these days are really interested in like what's like the hot thing and what's like the trend that's going on. So I think being in, excited about the stuff that's uh, really timeless, um, you can't go wrong with that. Really, in terms of just like a, a a business or in terms of being able to solve a specific problem. So we've talked about really encryption and Shane. Tell us about this new Cages product.
0: So Cages is a new product that we built for developers who want to take any of their existing code and run it inside a Secure Enclave. Um, And a Secure Enclave is basically a really isolated environment with no storage, no network access, and so on for processing really sensitive workloads. And the reason it was kind of an interesting thing for us to build, and I guess the reason that we decided to explore building it in the first place, is that our core product philosophy from day one has been less about how we can make it easy for developers to encrypt and decrypt data, because that's traditionally what encryption has been. Uh, but more about how we can let developers do things with encrypted data, because you know, going back to this point about encryption just being a really simple process—it's just you take data, you put a key beside it, you encrypt it, and you decrypt it, and that's all that you can do. The only way to kind of ensure true security throughout the stack is by letting developers actually manipulate encrypted data, so they don't have to worry about having sensitive data on their infrastructure in plain text at all—you um, know, at any point throughout the data's throughout the data's life. Um, so Cages is a new product that we built that makes it easy for developers to build, deploy, and scale secure enclaves. And it's built on AWS Nitro enclaves, uh, which we were a, a design partner for from the very early days. And it, it kind of came at a, at a perfect time when we were exploring what the architecture should be for us building this product.
1: Wow. And, t- and tell me more about how did you come to that decision of using AWS Nitro enclaves?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot of the guarantees that we really needed were a lot more robust than what a lot of companies might want. And we just kind of, we were already building an AWS and we're using a bunch of the sort of more, uh, let's call them traditional AWS services that companies might be familiar with, like EC2 and Lambda. And we'd explored some of the other secure enclave technologies that are built into chips, like uh, Intel's SGX product, for example. But it was uh, was very difficult to find an enclave technology that actually provided the guarantees that we wanted with the developer experience that we wanted, Um, because most of the developers who are deploying their code to Evervault to process sensitive data are you know, everyday, everyday developers who were building software for um, businesses or government agencies or whatever. And the, the sort of technologies that they were used to were very different to these really low level uh, architecture, kind of um, assembly language type setups that they would have to do with things like Intel SGX. So Nitro Enclaves really kind of threaded the needle very well between giving us those security guarantees, like no storage, no network access and attestation out of the box, alongside the ability to I uh, just take any existing Docker container and, and deploy it. So, um, yeah, we got very lucky in the timing on that one.
1: Oh, I love that. And I'm also just curious, as you were talking about your your company and how you've been building this, how long have you been actually working on the Cages product? And also, to context to other people, how long has Evervault been a company?
0: Yeah, so Evervault's existed since 2019, so we're a little over three years old at this point. Wow. And Cages was very much our second act. Uh, the first version of the product that we built was focused on um, you know, how do you take sensitive data from one place, encrypt it, and then share it with another place, decrypt it, which is what a lot of modern business applications are doing these days. You know, They're collecting sensitive data from one API, sharing it with another API, and kind of they might have a dashboard or a UI in front of that as well. But uh, more and more, what we saw is that as developers collected these large data sets of encrypted data, they wanted to be able to query them or run analytics workloads on the sensitive data, but without having to decrypt them. So going back to this sort of product philosophy about how can we expand the functionality of encrypted data um, we started off initially with a functions product, which basically that's a developer deploy serverless functions to process encrypted data, uh, very similar to AWS Lambda. And in fact, any of the code that you've deployed in AWS Lambda will work totally out of the box with Evervault functions as well. But cages was sort of a necessary next step for these companies that wanted to run much more advanced applications with, you know, more, more stringent memory requirements, or uh, they just needed more computing power basically for running things like AI models or uh, yeah, d- doing machine learning inference. So yeah, Cages was sort of probably, we started working on it two and a half years into the company and yeah, we're delighted to have launched it recently.
1: That is absolutely amazing, especially in such a hard area as security of being able to actually build a company and a product like Cages that can be able to scale to support developers at different stages. So what is the most interesting use case that you've seen so far for Cages?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, a lot of the sort of obvious use cases are ones that we care deeply about. So, you know, anybody collecting payment details, we take that very seriously. And, you know, if payment details go missing, that's a huge problem for either companies or individuals. And it's something that we we take very seriously. But, you know, compared to some of the more interesting use cases that we've seen uh, with one of our customers, for example, Legitimate, who are building basically a a software suite for journalists to manage their entire workflow, but also kind of collect anonymous tips and so on when you're dealing, dealing with customers like that, um, you know, it becomes a matter of life or death. It's not a matter of, you know, whether somebody's credit card details go missing and you can kind of freeze them, which in and of itself would be a big deal, but you know, anonymous tips to journalists can be extremely sensitive far beyond what, you know, your, your everyday person is sort of able to comprehend. So, you know, the fact that we're able to help them keep that sensitive data secure and uh, they've sort of trusted us with that burden and responsibility that I guess we share with AWS as well. That's been pretty, uh, pretty exciting, but also, a major burden for us to take seriously from a security perspective.
1: Shane, that is so fascinating. I would never have thought of that use case for anonymous tips for journalists, and so it makes me think: is this something really that all different types of use cases, really any use case, would benefit from Evervault? Or are you seeing more interest from certain use cases where security is the highest priority right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess this is an interesting thing that we've encountered in building a security company: is that Although we want all developers to be encrypting sensitive data from day one, the way-
1: I'm a solutions architect, so. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah, we wish more people were like you, but for that to really happen, you kind of have to start off by making it easy. And there's always gonna be more demand from companies that take security seriously in the sense that they might have a full-time security engineering team. Um, They might already have rolled their own in-house encryption or used open source encryption libraries or, or something similar. But yeah, we really want all developers to be using this. We think that if it's easy enough, and it's embedded as part of the developer's workflow in the same way that somebody might charge a credit card in a couple of seconds using something like Stripe or send an SMS message using something like Twilio. Um, using Evervault for encryption should be just a no-brainer thing, but the big challenge there is in developer experience and uh, it's something that we're, we're really trying to nail, but it takes a long time and a lot of work to figure that out. And I think if we crack that, then it's, yeah, it's a very promising future and hopefully data breaches go away, but yeah, we, we want it to be used by everybody.
1: I absolutely love that. I re- personally anything that really can just make security easy, I'm just an absolute huge fan of. And I'm see even more as startups even start earlier in their development journey. They're starting to mostly start thinking about these things, especially when they are in heavily regulated industries. So I love the fact that you're making it really easy for them. So there's probably yeah, because... some developers who are listening to who are going to listen to this. Oh, go ahead, Chain.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean. Um... Encryption can actually be an enabler a lot of the times as well, an enabler of making compliance more easy for companies that care about it Um, maybe they're sort of under regulatory burden as well. But most people, again, going back to this point of encryption being a tax, it shouldn't really be a tax. It actually lets you do new things like you might be able to sell to bigger companies than you've ever been able to sell to before. Uh, You might be able to convince consumers that your app is worth trusting. So yeah, it really should be seen as an enabler, but I understand why people have seen it as a
1: burden. No, that is so true. I mean, now as more startups are looking to be able to sell to larger enterprises, these are the questions that they're asking them early on before they've even sold them anything or had their first customer. So being able to think about these things now and really think, okay, what is your encryption strategy as part of your overall security posture and how you're selling yourself really is a strategic business move. So I love that you called that out. Yeah,
0: for sure. A lot of companies that are kind of thinking about security, they focus a lot more on um, you know, basically buying more and more tools and kind of building this wall around their application, which you know kind of makes sense. And I understand how people are incentivized to do that if their whole job is security. But the most interesting thing in security has just been this shift left idea where um, security is still the responsibility of security teams, but it's increasingly becoming more and more of, uh, more and more part of a developer's remit as well. So when they're building software, so it's true. more and more important for them to integrate these things from day one. So um, security is going to shift, in my opinion, towards being much more preventative. for things like encryption and you know malware detection and uh, static analysis and so on become more and more popular, and you know things that just tell you when a data breach has already happened will
1: um, probably become increasingly redundant. In, in my opinion, I love that, and I totally agree because. What I've seen is when companies wait later on to be able to start thinking about security and actually have that plan to execute it, it gets harder. I think part of it is also that that fear factor. It becomes overwhelming of like, oh my God, now we actually have customers that are paying us and we haven't addressed some of these big security things. How do we actually start to address it now instead of when you're when you're just getting started? It's much easier to be able to start building it. But may, maybe that may be uh, maybe at least with um, you know, Everbolt might be easier now, even if companies have started building and maybe they need to start adding encryption.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of companies when they're at the very early stages, all they really care about is getting the first version of their product out the door and getting, you know, one customer or 10 customers. And, you know, I, I kind of get why those companies want to focus on that rather than security because it can be existential. But yet to your point, I think once a company gets to a point that they're attracting a number of customers at a pretty high speed or, you know, they're, they're growing very quickly, it becomes harder and harder to kind of bake this stuff in from day one. And I think what people don't realize is that the security work you do today will actually pay dividends in six months or, uh, or even five years time when you're trying to convince, um, you know, company 500 to use your product. Once they're kind of going through the vendor security review, if they've seen, if they see that you've been thinking about security and taking it seriously from day one, they're more likely to pass you through their vendor security review, but, um, they're also just more likely to trust you and, you know, buy your product just because they take you more seriously.
1: That was the perfect soundbite. I wish I could just like take that recording. I might just take this recording and then just share it with all my customers because that is so gold. Uh, it's just so true. And Shane, I bet you, you probably know some of these developers that we're about to talk about right now where they're starting right now and they're just like, I can build this on my own. Like I'm super talented. I'm really smart. What would you say to that person as they're evaluating, okay, do I build this out on my own, or do I use Evervault instead that can do the work for me?
0: Yeah, I mean, firstly, if a developer's in a scenario where they're even thinking about this stuff in the first place, that's already great to hear. So uh, more and more people that are actually taking this stuff seriously from day one can only be a good thing. Uh, but generally speaking, the way we position Evervault is that when you're implementing encryption, you still have to manage the keys. So any of the sensitive data that you're encrypting, you're combining the original data with the encryption key and you still have to put that key somewhere. So you can store it in a database or put it in your infrastructure, but you're basically back to square one. You know, if an a malicious attacker or uh, even a rogue employee or something within your organization gets into your uh, into your server or gets into your infrastructure, it doesn't take a huge amount of time for somebody to figure out how they can just take the key and decrypt the encrypted data itself. So in some ways, Evervault is kind of like a bank for encryption keys where we store encryption keys, but we don't store any of our customers' data. And then our customers store encrypted data, but no encryption keys. And by kind of splitting the responsibility that way, it just makes the whole thing a whole lot more secure because they don't have to worry about securing everything. They just have to assume that um, you know, Evervault hasn't been breached and that they haven't been breached. And the, the likelihood of kind of two companies being breached at the same time is obviously exponentially less. So it just becomes an all-around better security model to trust somebody else to manage one part of that equation. And for us, it's the encryption keys that we look after and... Uh, the developer can worry about everything else, like building a good product, having new features and attracting more customers.
1: I love that the way they just explained that, especially because usually those developers, they're usually thinking pretty short term, like they're thinking, oh, because I'm really smart. And because there's so much that's already out there, I can figure out how to do it. Or, oh, I know how to do it. But someone like you has already thought 10 steps ahead. You've probably gone through some of the roadblocks that they already have, and you figured out what are the different pitfalls that they might run into and different design considerations. Um, so I love that being able to use Evervault, they're going to be able to actually be able to avoid some of those pitfalls that you've already thought through.
0: Yeah. And I think for for companies that see security as a core competency of theirs, then it makes sense that they should go all in on building this stuff in-house and you know, isolate the companies that try it. It's it's extremely difficult. But you know, if you're a healthcare company or a fintech company, and you're collecting a bunch of sensitive data, it's highly unlikely that security is the number one thing that you should be focusing on and spending your time on. For us, it's the only thing we do. You know, we don't know how to build a healthcare company, and we don't know how to build financial infrastructure. So we'd much rather just sort of sit silently behind the scenes and kind of help them secure the sensitive data in the same way that we trust companies like Amazon to run our infrastructure. Well, you know, we don't want to be running server racks in our office. So. Uh, we'd much rather somebody who knows how to do that would would do it for us. Uh, We think other companies should be thinking the same way about security as well, as well as other developer tools across the board.
1: I love that. So what do you think the next five years looks like for developers using Evervault and maybe the security landscape?
0: Yeah, I mean, on the security landscape, I think it's definitely this notion of shift left where developers are going to be more and more empowered, and they're going to have more and more tools that are just good in security where they don't have to write a load of code, have it be assessed by their security teams, and just have this big back and forth where people are just throwing code and responsibilities over the wall to each other. And so I think developers are going to be increasingly important in security. Because if you look at even taking encryption as an example, most data breaches don't happen because somebody breaks into a data center and steals a hard drive and you know extracts all the data using an electron microscope or something similar. Um, it's generally because somebody leaves an F- S3 bucket open, and I know AWS recently enforced much stricter policies than this, so that, that's great to see. But It's, you know, things like bad permissioning, you know, flawed application logic and so on. So it makes sense that developers should be responsible for this stuff. But, you know, even if you look at the education of a typical software developer, if they study computer science in university, most of the time they're taught how to build performant code, you know, they understand how assembly works and how low level computer science works. So they're thinking about scalability and performance and latency and so on, but they're very rarely taught about how you can keep sensitive data safe. And it's probably a matter, only a matter of time before. That becomes a core part of the curriculum at universities, and when that starts to happen, I think developers are going to care more and more about it. And observationally, I think you know younger software developers and you know people who are coming out of college today are thinking about this stuff way more. You know, privacy is something that somebody who's twenty-two and fresh out of college uh, is something that they're thinking about a lot, and they really care about it. I don't know what's caused that, whether it's regulatory or cultural, or whether they just sort of have an increased sense of responsibility given how technology has evolved over the, over the last twenty years, but. That can only be a good thing for security and if everyone can play any part of a role in making that better and more accessible for people then we'd be very happy but the next five years for us are really more of the same you know trying to convince more and more developers that encryption's a good thing trying to make encryption easier and also just trying to expand the functionality of encrypted data beyond just encrypting and decrypting you should be able to do everything with encrypted data that you can do with plain text data without having to hinder how you build software so that's really our, our product end state
1: I'm glad to see that that's what you're seeing amongst other developers, because that's similar to what I'm seeing amongst startups that I work with, that there's even more of greater interest now to start thinking about security, even though they haven't started building anything yet. And so I love that anything that really can make it easier. I'm just an absolute fan of.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first time in a very long time that, if not ever, that security has actually been a competitive advantage. You know, now there's been so much evolution yes. in software over the last 10 years, There's more and more competition, more and more products being released. Um, it's very, very hard to kind of compete based purely on features now. And if you want to attract the best customers that are thinking about security, who are generally a little bit larger and will probably provide you with a much better business, thinking about security from day one is a feature in and of itself. And you know, it's, it's a core way to differentiate at this point.
1: So true. Yeah, that's also something that I hear. I've had other businesses come to me and they'll ask, how do I answer these questions to these other prospective customers that demonstrate that I am secure? So that anything, of course, that can be able to really help them be more secure and be able to demonstrate that they're secure to other companies, I think is just good for business. Yep,
0: yeah, And unfortunately, that's sort of the way a lot of these incentive mechanisms work. But if you kind of know how to play that game, and if we can make security cool and accessible to these people and create the right incentives for it, which I think is happening anyway. It's more and more likely that data reaches will be a thing in the past, purely because of commercial reasons as well.
1: Well, I'm hoping for that too. I think, and I'm sure everyone is, because security is really something that's top of mind and definitely keeps a lot of developers up at night. So Shane, really, any place, any tips for people um, who want to get started with Evervault?
0: Yeah, I mean, the best place to go is our developer documentation, which is at docs.evervault.com. And if you're looking for just a quick overview of what Evervault even does or what our product is, uh, evervault.com is the best place to look.
1: Fantastic. Shane, thank you so much. I'm really excited about Evervault right now. Again, everything, anything that can make security easy, I'm just an absolute fan of. So thank you so much for being here today.
0: Likewise. Thanks, Julian.